But we've met before, haven't we? I don't think so. Where was it you think we met? At your house, don't you remember? No, no, I don't. Are you sure? Of course. As a matter of fact, I'm there right now. Everybody and welcome to Talking Time, the Winning Time podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Bryn, and this is Jeremy. Yes, we're here to talk about the Lakers, the best show on HBO, the best show on HBO, the best show on TV right now. Winning Time, Winning Time, the the HBO series about the Lakers. If yeah. you have not listened to the show the past three weeks, uh, <laughs> just to let you know, there's a show on HBO. It's called Winning Time. It's, it's the best <laughs> show on TV. The the ratings are abysmal. Is that how you've so been looking? Yeah, I I I checked it recently on on the Wikipedia page for the show, and it was like it was like point three six million, and I was like, what is that compared to other things? And I like looked at it compared to Succession, and the Succession gets like almost a million, and I'm like, oh damn, oh my god, that's pretty rough. And I was like, what is it compared to Gemstones? And Gemstones is like point seven, and I'm like. Hmm. What is it compared to <laughs> Lovecraft Country? And like Lovecraft Country is getting 0. 0.5. And I'm like, what? damn. <laughs> People hated that show too. <laughs> yeah. But Why is it so low? I I just I think that a lot of people are i'm hoping people are waiting till the season is over to watch like to binge to binge it yeah i mean does that I, count it might i don't know how this works but i i think part of it might just be that it's about basketball and people who aren't into basketball are just kind hesitant. of like hesitant to get into it because they're like well i don't like sports i don't like basketball Oof, that's such a good point i i wonder if i'll like this but it's so good i don't like basketball i don't watch basketball but yeah. i love this show so much listener if you're new here this watch is called, the show well this is generation loss and i do like basketball but <laughs> watch the show watch the show please they have to keep making it it's so good i will this- kill myself <laughs> <laughs> I will come to Adam McKay's house. <laughs> Actually, can you pull up uh, the leftovers? I want to see what the Ooh. ratings were like for the leftovers. Because what I was thinking about HBO, and Good one show. of the things that I really like about HBO is they'll stick with is stuff. It is, well, they canceled Lovecraft Country, but I think they canceled it because it was bad and people didn't like it. Yeah. But the leftovers never got good ratings ever. But it got good kept, reviews. But, but it got really good reviews. And I'm curious, click through one of the seasons, I think, is how we're going to find this. Okay. Um, what were their viewing figures like? Damn. Oh, shit. That's it got, so high. That's, but this is also, oh, here, oh, here we go. Down. Yeah, there we go. Big drop. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What a fucking insane drop. So the first, uh, the first, oh, the whole first season is over one over million. Over a million, which is very good. For, for HBO, it's a very good. Some of these episodes have 1.6, 1.7. The first episode of the second season is 0.7 and then it kind of just trails down to 0.6 and then the finale gets 0.9 uh and then yeah 
And I then, guess, I mean, this is also like a couple of years ago. I think that ratings are different now. Like people aren't watching. It is. Uh, <sighs> it's it's eight, not looking good. It's, it's eight years ago. <laughs> yeah. I'll be real with you guys. It's not looking good for winning time. <laughs> Which is a terrible. Which is terrible. But I do, I do sincerely believe that HBO does tend to stick with stuff that they that they believe in. It's crazy. Point two for the very first episode. Yeah. Point two. But this is what I, I mean. Is so, like I've I wonder if it's just. I've never been more excited for a show since like. Is it a Max exclusive or is it on like the the main like mothership? Know. I don't know. I, mean, I think it's just yeah, HBO. Yeah, it's, it's on HBO regular damn dude this sucks they gotta keep making this they gotta keep making there's only been five episodes (laughs) we need to start a petition right now before it gets to the point where they announce something bad uh we just need to start a petition yeah i don't want to be one of those pathetic people like after the show gets canceled being like hashtag bring back winning time (laughs) i'm not gonna be that guy so we gotta do it now yeah we just i mean if the show gets canceled we'll be like damn although we still don't know that it's not a mini series that's true. It might be a self-contained thing because they have a lot of very big names in it that I find it hard to believe that they'd be able to wrangle again. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But the last episode was by far the best episode. Yeah. I thought so. It's been uh, going very well. Centering around Kareem and his like sort of radical black Islam uh, beliefs and him connecting with magic. And then Jack's, the coach Jack sort of finally getting his thing going yeah um incredible and, and, stuff and using, using and you didn't know that was going to happen no either. i had no idea using magic as like a wedge to to be like you're you're the leader now you're in charge rookie. he wants you to be and 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 kareem wants you to be <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> such a funny lie <laughs> and magic just being like a fucking puppy dog just oh, being okay. like oh great boss <laughs> i love that <laughs> i'd love to do it and he's like doing a great job and he's like getting everyone to hustle and whatever <laughs> I'm the captain. Okay, great. <laughs> Damn, it's yeah. so good. The dude who's playing Magic Johnson is unreal. He's so much fun. He's so much fun to watch. Uh, and then John C. Riley getting to go a little dark and, mm-hmm. and being like real stressed out that this isn't going to work. Yeah. And you're not sure if it's going to work. Yeah. Um, and like freaking out about the bar not being like the the little the the fucking flap the, just the- <laughs> like not being flush with the bar. <laughs> yeah, this is, you know you get so stressed you start sweating the little detail. His performance is so incredible because yeah. he's so fun and charming for the first couple episodes, and then when he gets into these like little bit darker places, he's so believable. Yeah, it's so good. It's, it's such a good show. It's so incredible. So before we get into the show, Winning Time, that's this podcast. Which is what we're going to be talking about. <laughs> what did you watch this week? Thank you for asking. Uh, I would like to, first of all, of course, shout out Atlanta. FX's Atlanta is back and it is excellent. It's very good. The new season is right. very good. Have you been watching it all? I haven't seen the show. You've never seen any of it. So I I had, I, I was going through something or something. Mm. <laughs> I like many years ago like six seven six five or six years ago i watched like the first two episodes and they struck me as like so abysmally sad and depressing like it literally affected me emotionally to the point that i couldn't watch it right and i just stopped it's definitely very sad and it's (laughs) got a sort of a like intense like but it's it's weird it's like it's very funny all the time but it's Mm -hmm. like it's all painted with this gloss of this sort of like sad nihilism that's really yeah. interesting 
and I love it. I think it's like one of the best shows on TV easily and possibly one of the best shows ever on TV pretty pretty comfortably. I mean like it's it's very far up the list of, you know, millions of TV shows. I mean the first two but, episodes that I watched were insanely good. Yeah. I mean um, and I and, and you can guess it. because it's Donald Glover and he's wildly talented the at everything he does. The man is some sort does. of Svengali. He's yeah. like he's a he's a master. He's literally Neo. He just he doesn't need to dodge the bullets he, anymore. He's, yeah, he's he's art Neo. Yeah, like <laughs> any kind of art you can yeah. put on. I mean, it's funny because he he released an album that nobody cared about. Mm-hmm. You know, it's weird because he's like. I feel like at this point he's done such good things that people almost forget how much he's honed his skill mm-hmm. in public. Like he's always been funny. Yeah, his first his first Childish Gambino album is like not great. The first two albums people were like trashing on. Like yeah. he didn't get good reviews. The first one is the one that has like Bonfire, right? Yeah, uh, Camp. Yeah, that one kind of blows. And then the second one is called Because the Internet. Oh, I think people like that one. People though. like that one, but it was like sort of like a little too tongue in cheek for critics of like actual hip hop or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then like uh, Awaken My Love was the one where people were like, Oh my god. Yeah. He's he contains multitudes. The fascinating thing about him too is that like in his comedy he made such a note of being not a hip hop guy. I remember that was like a big part of his first special was talking about how when he was a kid he wasn't into hip hop at all and he was like into the cranberries and stuff. <laughs> like he was just like a total dork. Yeah, I mean obviously. And, and and it's interesting now that he's not only been able to like completely shed that but like get genuine hip hop credibility. I thought that was going to be a bigger challenge for him. <laughs> <laughs> well, he started basically doing like nerdcore. Yeah. And then when he did his like Prince shit on Awaken My Love, it was like, mm-hmm. okay, well, he's just a musician now. Yeah. And now he's sort of like a hip hop artist as well cuz it's like R&B got stuff. Right. Um Anyway, but, Atlanta is great, and the new season is very good, and um, it's really weird and and sad and scary and what's funny. Happening? And like, uh, so is it spoilers? So it's no, not really. It's a couple of years in the future from the last season. Um, Paperboy is now a much more successful artist. He's touring uh, Europe. He's not like a you know he's not like a huge artist, but he's like big enough that he can tour in Europe, and. Uh, so Donald Glover's character is wide... like a much yeah exactly it's a, it's a very wide I was uh, gonna range. tour Europe like but he's 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 successful enough that he can get a twenty thousand dollar advance from the venue uh and oh that's in, pretty big okay they're playing in Amsterdam and he gets it's a twenty thousand like dollar at cash advance before the show and then goes out and just throws it to fans nice um so like that's how he's doing they're all wearing Gucci this season <laughs> um but it is so intense and so funny and so good i I will just spoil one thing and then i want to talk about my other thing but um the uh the the amsterdam episode ends with uh two of the characters at somebody's like death doula uh event where they're like gonna do a like assisted suicide and his the person's family and friends are like saying goodbye to them and it's this really touching ceremony that ends with like the most brutal insane strangulation of this person i've ever seen on a tv show ever it's all people in like white in this like peaceful room like with like bells and chimes and whatever and they're all like saying their goodbyes and praying and whatever and then they're like all right it's time you know time to say goodbye and like she just like hits this button it's like this loud industrial like "Eh," 
<laughs> and this like piece of latex just like flaps down onto the guy's face and he just like <laughs> flails and like tries to pull it off and then dies. Jesus. It's so fucking wild. It's such a good show. Anyway, um, the other thing I want to talk about is I watched the documentary uh, Tony Hawk Until the Wheels Fall Off. Oh, okay. Which I've is, heard about this now. Is yeah. there a, is there a different Tony Hawk documentary too? There is. There was a, one about the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater video game. And was that one good? Did you watch I that? I didn't see too? that. I keep wanting to watch it. I don't think I will. Uh, <laughs> it's just like, I don't, I don't care about the video game that much. What? Um, I'm much more interested in him as a dude. Okay. I care about the video game a lot more than him, <laughs> um, <laughs> to be honest. So I, I can understand that. So the documentary is two hours and 15 minutes long. It's not that bad. Normal not that movie bad. length. The whole first half of it is just a very straightforward, like life and times sort of thing where it's just all about his early career coming up until the nineties. And then they were in the Zephyr yeah, and boys. Like, and, and, and nobody believed in him because he was so skinny and like he was <laughs> so small and he couldn't get up the ramp and whatever, but he, he learned how to do it anyway and blah, blah, blah. And, and, but it's all painted in this very interesting way where like they're getting interview footage with former pro skaters from the time who are all very old now. And, you know, like, because Tony is old, he's 53 yeah. and he was like the young guy in these scenes. So like all these people are older than him. So they're all pushing 60. And right. so, but they're all like skater dudes. So they've never really done anything else with their lives. And they're kind <laughs> of like, it's just like grizzled, like, you know fucked up faced old people with like beanies and stuff just like sitting in pools being like yeah i remember this kid fucking showing up to the park and whatever (laughs) and la guys yeah exactly and it's it's very interesting because the whole time you have this weird sense of like like man like it's crazy that like like you don't want to say like these are like burnouts but you're like it's crazy that people just like keep this lifestyle forever you know yeah what else are they gonna do (laughs) what else are you gonna do you've committed so much of your life to this and then the whole back end of it is about basically after the tony hawk's pro skater game which in most people's story of tony hawk that's the end of the tony hawk story right is yeah he got successful he got successful he did the 900 and that's the end right so all of the back end of it is him being like and then i got famous and 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 you know like i started neglecting my family to go on tour and like i got through three different divorces and like oh interesting i have five kids but they're from three different wives and like talking about all of his failings in life and whatever and it gets really intense and dark (laughs) for a little while and you're like man like but you're doing good now. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I am doing good now. And like, I have a daughter now who like, I'm finally like in the right headspace to like be a good father and be like a good man to, to my wife and whatever. And like his, his eldest son, Riley, who's a pro skater now, who's fucking sick. Yeah. Uh, Riley is like, you know, it's really great to see him with, with his daughter because he's finally able to like be happy and be himself. And I really, I'm so proud of my dad and whatever. And you're like, that's great. And then you look at the runtime. You're like, there's still 15 minutes left. What else is there? Uh-huh. The whole last 15 minutes is about how Tony Hawk is 53 and still skating as hard as he ever did and giving himself concussions and breaking bones and like all these people around him being like, it's time to it's stop. Maybe time to stop, dude. But everybody's <laughs> kind of like, I don't know how to approach him about it. 
and weird like stacy peralta at some point is like yeah i tried to like get people together to have an intervention for him to be like you're too old to skate like this now like but it's crazy because it's like tony's still really good and he still can do it but like if he fucks up he gets really hurt right but he wears padding and he wears padding sure but i mean like he's still i mean he just broke his femur he was at the oscars (gasps) with a cane because he broke his femur oh yeah um there's a scene where he gets like a really gnarly concussion doing a trick and people are like dude like he looked dead for a second there (laughs) it's like jackass yeah exactly and and there's a scene where like uh lance mountain who's like another old skater guy is just like yeah man i i was like really good friends oh with that's right son, yeah, yeah. yeah so lance mountain is talking about how he's like he's like i can't sleep at night sometimes because of how fucked up my shoulder is from skating for all sure, these years yeah. he's like i we all have whiplash like i probably have cte he's like i know for a fact i'm going to die on a skateboard and tony is <laughs> going to die on a skateboard too yeah and that's just how it is for guys like us. <laughs> and it's really dark and twisted at the end. And then it ends with Rodney Mullen just being like, yeah, man, like it's fucked up. Like it's really bad. But at the same time, it's like if you want to live the life you want to live and if you want to do the thing you love, there's always going to be a price to pay. And this is our price. You yeah. Know? That's what it is. Roll credits. <laughs> roll credits. <laughs> Literally roll credits. <laughs> Dude, I kind of agree with Rodney Mullen though. Absolutely, like, yes. Like what's better? Living an extra thirty years in like pain and in a hospital? Yeah. Like who gives a shit? Exactly. And and, and it's an interesting <laughs> it's interesting too because Tony's two parents are very highlighted in this where like his mother is still alive. She's in her nineties and she's like dementia ridden and like in a home and like you see him like going to talk to her and like it's really sweet and touching, but it's also really intense because he's like she can't see him anymore. Like she can right. barely respond to him and he's like telling her about the family and whatever, what's going on in his life. And then his father died at like sixty or seventy or something like that. Uh he had like a heart attack and everyone was like, Dad, you have to stop eating steak like you have to stop eating steak all the time and he's like no i like steak i'm gonna keep eating steak yeah and then he like dies <laughs> 70 that's so long i think he was i think he was like an old dad to begin with or something like that. anyway the point is that like uh 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 they kind of frame it around this idea of like tony is his dad in this way where like right. tony's dad didn't stop eating steak and then he fucking died and tony like could stop skating but he's not going to. <laughs> right. Then he'd have to live without skating. Yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty fucking heavy thing for a Tony Hawk doc. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. It's pretty good. It's it's I, I would say that like ultimately most of it is still just a pretty standard, you know, sports biopic sort of not biopic, uh biographical documentary yeah, yeah. sort of thing. Behind the music type of shit. But I think the end of it alone is like, damn, like I, I'm very happy to see that like somebody actually fucking did something interesting with this movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um yeah. What did you watch this week? Uh I watched two movies, one of which I cannot remember the name of at the moment because it's very forgettable. It's like a, mm. a movie from the nineties called Oh yeah, movie Gun- Gunther and the Paper Route. <laughs> okay, our our Paper Gang or something. It's like a it's like a knockoff Disney movie that happens to star happens to have Robert England, who is uh, mm-hmm. Freddy Krueger, <laughs> is yes. in it um, as like this weird shell shocked neighbor who. It's basically like a movie where this kid wants to take out this girl uh, to a concert that costs a lot of money. 
So he gets a paper route job. He's from LA and so he's too cool for the suburbs. Um, and he doesn't really have any friends. Um, and so he just gets a paper route that's really difficult and the dogs are always attacking him. Uh, it's really bad. It's a kid's movie, but mm-hmm. it's like worse than a normal Disney movie. You know, like yeah, it doesn't even really have the writing or like, so what's strange about it <laughs> is that there's something very weird in that they don't know how to do jokes. So the, <laughs> so there's just like, Okay, so why did you watch this? Um, I have a group of friends who I watch terrible <laughs> movies with on purpose. Um, okay, and we used to do it every week. Um, COVID messed it up, and we've been doing it more and more. Um, so it's funny you you got a couple when we first started the show. Right, I would often be watching pretty shitty movies um, that were generally very funny, um, and then once once COVID started. I had to watch regular movies. Right. But now I'm kind of back into uh, watching really bad movies. <laughs> uh, but there's something really strange about it. Like his little brother just does pranks on him completely against the story. Nothing has nothing to do with anything. Uh-huh. It'll just be like a whole like long sequence where the brother is like putting a garden hose from the kid bathroom <laughs> sink into his mouth while he's sleeping or something uh-huh. and then turning it on and then it'll cut outside to like a, a gr- like the camera on the ground and then a, 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 a puppet beaver will like come out of the ground and yeah. like be like what <laughs> 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 and i say that'll happen because it happens twice uh-huh. like the same exact shot of the little gopher coming out of the ground like they use it a couple times <laughs> it's really stupid that don't rules. watch it it's a very strange movie but the movie that i watched after that on the same night was um daredevil with ben affleck yes <laughs> hell yes dude with what? fucking um colin farrell, farrell as bullseye yeah which is a the movie- greatest the greatest concept for a villain <laughs> he shoots stuff real good real good <laughs> <laughs> what a great and, and like that just shows how like shallow the daredevil like pool of villainy is, right? Is right. that like that's who they opened on? <laughs> that was like who they thought was strong enough to be the first villain <laughs> of the franchise. Well, I think that was so Daredevil is I have to look. I think it's two thousand four. Yeah, that's it's an early pr- one. Pretty that's early. Like, two thousand four might even be like I wanna say, hang on, I'm gonna say mm, Daredevil number three. one. I'm gonna say two thousand three dead on yes bullseye bullseye <laughs> um it's season three it's really early so this is like right between it's right after spider-man one yeah um i think it's the same year as, no no spider-man 2 comes out 2004 um does it yeah i just i just did a uh little wordle game there's a box office game what on on what's uh, it called I don't know, it's called box office game. It's like box oh. office. It's called box office ga dot me. Okay, and, and what, how does it work? So <laughs> this is a much more interesting. Yeah, I topic. don't. I, I don't care about Daredevil. <laughs> every every day I go to the little website. Well, I do the I do the Wordle and I do the Worldle and I need another one. I don't know what Worldle is. It's it shows you the silhouette of a country. We know from a couple instances yeah, on this podcast this. that I fucking suck at that. But it'll say so it's. It's the top five movies of that week on some date Ooh, on some year. Nice. And how many guesses do you get? So 
the way it works is you unfurl the the top movie and you can use points. You get 200 points to look at the tagline, the director, the actor. Nice. But you have to, you can't use all of them. I love this. And, is it on mobile? Oh yeah, I, it's I fun. Do it it's on fun. I do nice. it on my phone. Um, Hell yes. So to this year, this uh, today was 2004 and number two was Spider-Man 2, I think. Um, I always liked... Um, it's a good game. It's box office... G A dot Emmy and it's a it's a it you know you can basically use all and look looked at look at all of it mm-hmm. and then you just type in what movie it is um you can fail it's pretty easy to fail oh, I'm sure yeah um, definitely but you can use all of the hints and then you get a lower score and you can use almost no hints like you just put director and year and like yeah. that weekend and you get a really good score I so, um did, did were you ever a fan of um. Uh, Doug loves movies. Uh, that's the high guy, right? The high guy, the podcast. Benson, yeah. Um, I I've never really listened to it. I I think I've listened to a couple episodes. It's pretty. I I think it's still going on. Uh, it, I think it, it is. Yeah, it's okay. But they had like a lot of very fun games that they would play on the show, and one of them was the Leonard Malton game, and it was. Uh, oh yeah, I've heard about this. You would do like. Uh, I I I think it was you would guess the name of the movie based on who the who leonard malton had given the top build actors and you would like yes you and like the group of people on the show would like bid on how many <laughs> how few names you would need to name the movie mm-hmm. um you need like the year or something yeah it was like year and you oh and you would get the uh you get leonard's like synopsis of the movie <laughs> yeah yeah and then you would get the actors and you would bid how many actors you needed. Right. It's a fun game. Yeah. I love movie games. Um, me and my sister, when I was young, we would, we would play a game where we would just, um, it was a very poorly designed game cause we were children, mm-hmm. but we'd give each other an actor and you would name every movie you could think of that they were in. And if they could think of one that you didn't think of, you lose. <laughs> 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 damn good game <laughs> well it's, it was it was we got really good at it yeah so um i played this game with my band mm-hmm. and ma- basically it was just them giving me an actor and me naming as many movies as i could and before they couldn't think of one and uh-huh. i would usually win <laughs> um and then at the movie trivia that i'd been doing all through pandemic the tiebreaker of the game if there was two number one places would be an actor and then the two people who would win would just have to name movies until no one could think of one yeah i so think I they was did like, that on douglas movies also so i would like i was so prepared i i won so i won three different times at a tiebreaker yeah. <laughs> it's my favorite thing to do nice um yeah, anyway, games rule games are cool <laughs> i love games i'm a big game fan yeah that would be funny if you call it like i'm a gamer and like all the games are like parlor games <laughs> I'm just going to like Pete's candy store and playing parlor games. Yeah, I'm an I, I'm I'm a hardcore gamer. I love the exquisite corpse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my top favorite game. <laughs> How do you even win that? <laughs> um but anyway, Daredevil is mm. a movie um about a blind guy. It's right before so it's like it's before it's it's multiple years. It's five years before the Marvel Marvel universe starts. Mm-hmm. So it's like kind of one foot in the X-Men still. Yeah. Where yeah, it's yeah. like, they're still like, do we have to make this cool? Like, do we have to like, 
make it different from the comics because not everyone feels like they can do Spider-Man still. You know, like Spider-Man, we talked about this before, like Spider-Man is like, just do the comic, given exactly what the fans want. Mm-hmm. But I feel like people didn't feel like they could do that with Daredevil. Yeah. So he's still like, the the soundtrack has like Seether and Creed and Nickelback. Yeah, and, yeah dude. <laughs> and everything is like insanely dark and color corrected to be red tinted. Uh-huh. Everything is red. There's two different Evanescence needle drops in uh-huh. this. <laughs> Half of this movie looks unfinished. Yeah. Like every time you see Kingpin, which is Kingpin. Which is Michael Clark Duncan, yeah, RIP. Uh-huh. He's just standing in front of a window, yeah. looking out at a city skyline that you do not see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's just like standing there, but it's like how it looks like all of it is a green screen yeah <laughs> he's just standing in front of a window in front of like what's supposed to be like a palatial office i guess mm-hmm. um he's like in no other situation and <laughs> it's like they just like had him for a day or something yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he did his like big fight scene and then he's like okay just do a bunch of monologues to glass mm-hmm. um it's really embarrassing and um the other one I wanted to mention, the other thing I wanted to mention about this movie is it's nonsense. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. John Favreau is in it though. Yeah. And he's like the one saving grace because he's John Favreau and he's doing his like fat friend thing. Right. And that's fun. Uh, ben Affleck loves that he gets to be Daredevil, mm-hmm. <laughs> but isn't good at it. Uh, he's like trying to be like cocky, you know, but like Ben Affleck is bad at smirking. Mm-hmm. He just looks like a shithead. Yeah, he can't really play that kind of character very well. No. At all. I feel like he's better at Batman for just being like an angry, gruff, like sad guy. Right. Um, That makes more sense for him. Yeah, definitely. Um, The Daredevil always makes me think of there was a robot chicken sketch where I don't remember what the whole joke of it was, but there was a part of it where the Daredevil is like he's pouring out gasoline Okay. And and uh, there's like a homeless guy sleeping on the ground. He's like, hey, homeless, you got to get out of the way. I'm putting down my D's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And the guy's like, you're what? Like my big flaming D's. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, well, that's not going to work. It's gasoline. It's going to evaporate before anybody comes here. <laughs> <laughs> this movie has directed by uh, a guy named Mark Steven Johnson who looks like he's only directed flops. Um, he directed a movie called simon birch which Uh is about a little kid who's like a little person yeah yeah Um, yeah. and then daredevil and then ghost rider nice and then when in rome wow killing season christopher robin oh no he wrote this um finding steve mcqueen love guarantee like what is this i don't it has like famous people in it but unreal there's people who like this guy must know so many people because like he's sucking all kinds of dick yeah like there's so many people who make one bad movie and then it's like over for them right so we what's his name the boys in the hood guy Um, john singleton yeah singleton 
he like got fucked. Yeah, he got completely fucked. <laughs> he made all kinds of great movies, and, and then like one like, flop, and it was over it's for like, him. It's a fuck, and they this, had to do this like this dork gets to <laughs> fucking make whatever bullshit he wants. So we watched the uh, director's cut, which is half an hour longer. <laughs> oh, great! Which we didn't realize, but it mostly cuts out a whole sideline of John Favreau defending Coolio. <laughs> 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 who is not in the regular movie excellent um but he's just like a criminal that he gets off um mm-hmm. because he didn't actually do it which is like an interesting little thing but one thing i wanted to mention is that there's a scene where he meets electra the yeah, yeah whatever yeah. jennifer gardner character and uh they don't hit it off there's no like romantic intrigue but he's like hello and she's like okay bye and like she leaves and he's like hey i wanted to talk to you about something she's like please leave me alone and then he like grabs her arm and she's like what the fuck are you doing and then they start fighting Uh but it's a fight scene and then through the fight you're supposed to be like now they're flirting but like it started with him like sexually accosting her (laughs) it's so bizarre like that's what the dare in the daredevil is (laughs) Sometimes you got to risk it all. Yeah, you got to risk it all for love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. Um, uh, it's funny because I remember thinking it was all right when, yeah. I, when I saw it. I was like, that wasn't so bad, Daredevil. Um, a lot of good Seether songs in there. <laughs> so good. I've never been a Seether. F- or no. No, I don't think I know any Seether I songs. I liked Seether. No, there's another. I S- think you band. probably did like Seether because you liked Butt Rock. I do like butt rock. Yeah. Um, I still like it. I feel like Seether was a butt rock band. They were the one that I never really got. Like them and Breaking Benjamin. I was like, I don't get their like. Is Seether the one that's like the. um... Seether. Sounds like every other band. Three Days Grace. And I'm trying to remember what the hook of this song is. I can hear the I can hear the <laughs> intro, but then I realized I can't sing the intro because it's just like guitar. It's just guitar. Here, we're going to put on a Seether song. Oh, uh, we're not going to put this on. It's just going to be for us. <laughs> Maybe we should wait. It'll be the end of the episode. Fake it? Remedy? Oh, Remedy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe we'll put this at the end of the episode for Daredevil's sake. The guy from Seether looks like Jake Flores. He does. Hey, Jake, what's up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, uh, what is Fake It? Play Fake It. Fake It's from a later album, I think. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, I remember. Okay, this is not who I thought it was. I uh, think I was thinking of Breaking Benjamin. They're so cold. Never meant to be so cold. I can't. They're all the same band. Anyway, I know. <laughs> don't watch Daredevil. It's, the song I'm thinking of just has guitar at the beginning, <laughs> and I can't sing a guitar part. <laughs> you could try. It. It. Do it. It's the one that's like so. Wait. Oh, the, that's a uh, Chevelle. That's Chevelle. Yeah, a great oh. band, an incredible band. All right. <laughs> Speaking of Bud Rock, let's get into the movie we watched oh, yes. this week. A lot of good needle drops in this, too. One of my favorite needle drops I've ever heard in a fucking... Okay, I just want to say right off the bat, don't think I liked this movie very much, okay. but just having the Rammstein song that's not Duhast, huge for me. <laughs> And having it come up twice, twice. <laughs> beautiful. A thing of beauty, David Lynch, absolute hero. Let's get into the movie. All right, the movie we watched this week was David Lynch's 1997 movie, yes. Lost Highway. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Now I'm gonna I'm gonna preface this here, just to open this up. This is obviously a me pick. Yes, um, naturally. This is our first David Lynch movie. Mm-hmm. Um, David Lynch is probably far and away top five, top two, probably my favorite filmmaker. Mm-hmm. I love David Lynch. We've never, I mean, I'm sure he's come up on the show before, but we've Tons. never, we've never uh, actually done a movie. Um, so I picked this one. Because I'd never seen it. Interesting. This is the one movie that I tried to watch as a kid, and mm. it scared the fucking hell out of me. And I, I like have seen most of it in pieces. Yeah, and this is the one that people don't like. This is the one that's like not one of his big ones. It, in the like real David Lynch head mm. arena of like the message boards, and you know, like the this is generally considered one of the best. Interesting. His like masterpiece. What? Um. And this was the one that flopped. Yeah. And like most people, most like general, because, you know, Blue Velvet, Elephant Man, Eraserhead, all mm-hmm. were like huge, big movies for him. And then later he did Mulholland Drive. This is which considered is, his masterpiece? People really like this one. Um, and this is the one that I picked because I knew I was going to like it because I'd seen a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do like it, obviously. Um it is a lot different than I thought it'd be, though. Yeah. It's much funnier than I thought it'd be. Um, and I think partially intentionally. Um, there are parts that are intentionally funny, for sure. I think Mr. Eddie beating up the guy over the traffic thing and like... That's very funny. That's very funny and that's on purpose <laughs> funny. And I love that scene. Yeah. That really saved a lot of this movie for me. <laughs> Mr. Eddie really, really brings a lot to this Mr. movie. Mr. Eddie's a, a great guy. Great character. <laughs> um, but it was... Uh, it is... I'd always heard about it. Again, I'd seen some of it. I'd seen a lot of scenes from it, and I'd seen a lot of pieces of it, but never, never sat down and watched it, just because it was too scary. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched it in the light of the day. Um, but let's try and sort of give you a, an idea of what the movie's about. Yeah. Um, the movie is about this saxophonist who's tortured because he his dicky don't work. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's played by uh president of the united states of america bill pullman Bill Pullman, and he's married to uh patricia arquette yes with brown hair mm-hmm. and her name is renee it's gonna be important that she has brown hair it's gonna be very important she has uh tumbler bangs and brown hair and uh he's just like his stressed. his dicky don't work his, and, and their just, relationship is failing and they're always doing that like passive aggressive whisper at each other where like right. they're always afraid that like their voice is gonna like break the other one in half and so <laughs> yeah. they're just like I, I i'm gonna go out tonight and the other yeah. one's like all right well i'll see you when you get back <laughs> um so the movie opens with him sort of just sweating and and cigarette it's it's funny because i feel like how many movies by david lynch have you seen like i've seen, seen a bunch or or like no a couple? i've seen parts of a bunch i don't i think this might be the first like full <gasps> one that i've seen oh, no. um i've definitely watched <laughs> i've watched twin peaks have you seen blue velvet i've seen parts of blue velvet i've definitely like sat down and watched it but i wouldn't say that i saw all of it i definitely like zoned out Made a out. fair amount <laughs> Yeah, I probably I truth told, I definitely made out made out during movies. some of his movies. <laughs> it's um, very much one of those ones that I would have watched with a girl in high school and been sure. like, Hey, let's watch like a fucking movie, like a real one, and then like halfway through you're like, I'm done with this. <laughs> yeah. I'm having sex. Yeah. Um sure. Uh okay, so this is a really very strange first one because 
the opening 45 minutes of this movie are like almost a parody of what you think Lynch is like. Yes, absolutely. Um, this is very much what my feeling on this first bit was, is I was like, this is what I figured it would be like. <laughs> right. It's it's oppressively dark. Everyone's acting like they're in constant pain. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets a, his doorbell rings and someone says, Dick Laurent is dead. Yeah. And he's like, okay. Cool. And, and then he's just like saxophoning it up. Oh my God. This is like, one of the biggest laughs a movie's gotten out of me in a while is like going from the like broke dick whispering between them of like, I'm going to go out tonight. All right, you can wake me up when you get home if you want. And then it's like a <laughs> smash cut to Bill Pullman going bananas on a fucking saxophone, like playing the worst jazz you've ever heard in your life. It doesn't sound like he's ever played a saxophone before. He's just going wild, honking on the sax. Just and he's like he's swinging his body all over the place he looks like a california raisin just going fucking crazy and it's just the smash cut between them i was watching on my computer because i i mo had like other shit that she had to do i just had headphones in and she just hears me i like literally almost fell out of my chair laughing she comes over she's like what the fuck i was like i have to rewind this for you (laughs) we're talking five minutes into the movie by the way yeah we're not far (laughs) it is funny It's hard to know if it's on purpose or not. It's so funny. Um, And so... The other thing that's really funny, by the way, is that this is 1997. Yeah. And the year prior, the movie prior, for him and for the guy who plays uh, Mr. Eddie... uh, Had been so long ago. It was Firewalk with me, right? No. The last movie, the year prior was uh independence day they both were in oh oh you're saying mr eddie and uh and bill pullman, bill pullman. <laughs> we're both oh, that... in we're both in independence day the year prior That's... and it was their mo- it was their most recent movie and it makes me laugh so much to think about like somebody being like oh bill pullman's in a new movie <laughs> <laughs> going to see <laughs> going to see this and being like and the other guy from independence day is in this too oh my god That's and so then crazy. like the first thing they see is like whispers 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 and then <laughs> Yes, uh, Robert Logia or Logia or whatever. Logia, Logia. Um, uh, so, R.I.P. Of course. So, what happens is is that he can't get it up. He's always mad about it, and um, they receive a letter. It's a Manila, Manila envelope. Excuse me, of a VHS tape of their house. Yeah, this causes strain and weirdness. Uh, they well, not try- at first, not at first, because his wife first thing she says is must be a realtor and yeah. he's like sure <laughs> i guess um and, but they try to fuck and she like i loved that the, i loved the scene where they try to fuck and then he like his dick goes soft mm-hmm. and then she like pats him on the back and that sends him into like a rage yeah and he like sees um what's that guy's name robert uh uh robert blake's face on her face yeah. it's like really creepy um and then they get another one. This is also Robert Blake's last movie before he murders his wife. Yeah, which is so <laughs> which bizarre. Which he definitely did. He definitely did and got off. And got off, yes. Uh, like Bill Pullman in this movie. Um, maybe. Um, <laughs> definitely, yes. I guess. Um, so he, uh, 
Then they get another VHS tape of them in their house, yeah, at an impossible angle, like it's f- like the camera it's like must floating, be floating above like really them. high above them. It's very creepy. Um, they call the cops. The cops are weird, and they're like, "What are you? What, what are you, a musician? What's your axe?" Yeah. And he's like, "Tenor, tenor, saxophone." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, then he uh, goes to a party with uh, Renee, and. It's like these weird, like, you know, 90s type art freaks. Oh, yeah. By the way, all of the architecture in this movie is like some of the most disgusting LA, <laughs> Hill, like Hollywood Hills, bullshit ass, like 70s modernist crap you've Absol- ever seen. Absolutely. Their house has like green carpet. Green- oh, no. The other house, Andy's house. His actual house has like this weird, like, like shelving unit that has snake plants coming out of it. Like the exterior of it is just a big cement wall with like castle slit windows in it. Like just the ugliest shit you've ever seen in your life. All of it. But it's like definitely supposed to be horrible. Mm -hmm. And it like, cause everything changes after this. Um, So he's like in this terrible house and then he goes to this disgusting party Mm. where everyone's sleazy and weird. And this, monster of a man walks up to yeah, him robert blake with like white powder all over his face comes up and he's like i i'm in your house right now his eyes are like super <laughs> wide and he's like i'm in your house right now and he's like no you're not you're right here and he's like call me on your phone and he's yeah. like sure i'll play along the weirdest guy i've ever seen in my life <laughs> and then he calls his he house. calls and he's like you should have believed me i'm in your house mm-hmm. and he's like well, that was neato. See you later, dude. <laughs> it's like, fuck these people, man. I just, I can't believe that that wasn't a more like big deal for him. <laughs> so, well, he's freaked out about it, but it's, he's like, what is wrong with your friend's friends? Yeah. Um, this was the part where I was 15 and I had to turn it off because yeah. this I mean, Robert Blake scared is terrifying. the living shit out he of me. He looks like he was struck by lightning. Like he looks yeah. insane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. We're going to laugh about this movie, but... I promise you, it actually is pretty creepy and scary in a lot of places. It's creepy and scary, but it's very funny. Like, yeah. it's... it's Like, it, did, did you... Before we go any further, did you experience anything other than, like, laughter? Like, did you actually get cre- creeped out at all? I got creeped out by Robert Blake, for sure. Uh, he's weird, very right? weird and uh, unsettling. I think literally nothing else uh, had any sort of, like, a, a creepy effect. Like, the, the dream logic stuff didn't really do much for me. Like, the, the floaty... Like, I had a bit of a sense of dread about the, the videos, but, like, they didn't keep the video thing going long enough for yeah. me to be, like, like, oh, this is this is escalating, you know? Like, and and once the, the thing happens very shortly, like, I kind of was, like... Well, I guess I don't really give a shit. It's now. not scary anymore like, after that. No, yeah. <laughs> it's it's this first half hour, forty five minutes that I think were really scary. And it's funny, I didn't realize how jarring this shift is. So, yeah. uh, long story short, he kills his wife. There's a videotape of it happening. He like starts. It's the same videotape. You see the so the videotapes that it's like as if the guy made three copies of the same tape and then added a little bit to each one, right? So the first one is just the house. Second one is the house and then floating inside. Third one is the house, then floating inside, then floating over Bill Pullman murdering his wife. Right. And then uh, he's like freaking out. And then the way it transitions is somebody 
like a fist from off screen punches him in the face and he's being interrogated. Mm -hmm. He's being arrested. He's immediately sentenced to death. Yes. He killed his wife. He gets put into prison by Henry Rollins. Yeah. Who (laughs) in a very funny experience for me, uh, I didn't see him. I kind of like zoned out for a second as they were coming down the stairs. And so I see the, you don't really see his face very well. You don't see it too well, but I rewound it and, and saw it. And I was like, I would have recognized him, but, uh, I didn't see them coming down the stairs. I saw the back of his head. And normally you would see his black flag tattoo on the back of his neck, but a collar is covering it. Sure. I saw, this is how much of a fucking loser I am. Uh, <laughs> the very distinctive gray patch that he has on the back of his hair. Oh my God. He's got this one <laughs> patch of gray hair in his otherwise dark hair. And you're like, is that Henry Rollins? I was like, is that fucking, or, I didn't say, is that Henry Rollins? I said, oh, that guy's got a gray patch like Henry Rollins. <laughs> and then the reverse shot you see him i'm like oh it's henry Rollins. <laughs> hey there he is and he does a very good job by the way he does actually way better than johnny mnemonic yeah um but he also doesn't have as much to do and this movie is very stilted and weird feeling like mm-hmm. a lot of like core lynch stuff um so bill pullman is now in prison yeah uh, on death row and he starts getting bad headaches nosebleeds ter- starts feeling terrible the doctors are like well get some sleep give you know we don't care you're gonna die um and then one day he turns into pete he just Um, like wakes up one morning he's not him anymore no he's a guy named pete who is a child he's like a 20 18 year old kid yeah um and they're like "Uh uh-oh the guards are like what happened (laughs) um this doesn't look like the guy he's a different guy i guess we gotta let him out we gotta let him out uh guess it's not him so well so he goes pete goes home and everyone's like hey you're black from prison and now the movie becomes a completely different movie yeah um the tone has shifted to kind of like screwball-y sort of like richard Pryor is here now yeah uh, gary Busey's here now it's a totally different cast uh different people except for uh alice now who's yeah, Renee yeah, yeah and alice and her she's a patricia arquette patricia arquette now with blonde hair mm-hmm. um is is uh mr eddie's girlfriend who who uh what's his name uh fucks with and then gets in trouble for fucking with uh yes pete pete yes so uh pete now pete is a kid who works at a, a mechanics garage um fixing cars um uh, mr eddie is a guy who is rich inexplicably yeah he's like a, um, he's a, some sort of a gangster he's like a mafia guy yeah and uh he's like i love it when you fix my car buddy and he's like come with us and fix my car and then he we get a we're treated to a scene in which mr eddie gets very mad yeah at somebody tailgating him mm-hmm. um and like runs him off the road and beats the shit out of him <laughs> with a gun with a gun telling him, him like you have to obey the laws of traffic promise me you'll obey the laws of traffic <laughs> <laughs> i love this part this is very funny this is huge now people don't give david lynch credit enough because a good like solid third of twin peaks season three is this funny mm. um like um jim belushi's character i think a good amount of of season one and two are this funny yeah absolutely but three is, is even more funny like jim belushi's character just waking up and he's like i can't wait to kill this guy <laughs> um <laughs> it's really weird uh so there's there's little moments of this sort of like twin peaksy uh kind of humor in this movie 
um, where Mr. Eddie just really cares about traffic laws for some reason. Um, and then basically Pete is a sexual dynamo. Yeah. Uh, he's can fuck anybody who wants his sort of parole officer trailer guys are always like this guy gets more pussy than a toilet seat which is a really weird line because that's not what the expression is isn't it toilet seats don't get pussy they get ass oh yeah ass <laughs> i was like isn't who, that a who puts their pussy on a toilet seat it's like a nate dog song right <laughs> i get more ass than a toilet seat that could be i don't know but all i know is that nobody puts their vagina on the toilet you, seat you that's don't crazy even, you don't there'd even, never be a reason you to. don't really put your ass on the toilet seat you hover but even if, like, at home on a regular toilet yeah, seat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like... The, the labia is not touching the There'd never be a seat. reason. You there f- would never be a reason. You <laughs> fucked up if that happened. Yeah. You <laughs> sat down wrong. Try again. <laughs> yes. You should never do that. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Weird line. I don't know if it's intentionally strange. Everything is intentionally strange, I guess. Yeah. Um. So, he is now fucking a lot of women his girlfriend i guess some sort of girlfriend who likes him yeah he's got um, somebody who he's hooking up with at least his 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 parents are gary Busey and some other woman who yeah. are just like chill dudes who wear leather jackets for some mm-hmm. reason uh it, it feels like a season two of twin peaks like kind of vibe where it's like everything's weirdly wholesome mm-hmm. and good and then he meets alice who is Patricia Arquette with blonde hair and he's like humming a humming oh my god and she just like comes up to him later because she's with mr eddie and uh he comes she comes back to the uh mechanics garage later and is like uh you want to take me out for dinner and he's like um maybe not the best idea and she's like all right i'm gonna take you out for dinner and he's like I really don't think it's a good idea. And she's like, let's just fuck. And he's like, all right. No, in that case. <laughs> if you say so. And so they start hooking up. Um, more stuff happens. Um, but eventually... Mr. Eddie finds out. Mr. Eddie, of course, finds out. And you find out that Mr. Eddie is a pornographer mm-hmm. and a gangster and as wants to seek his revenge and is now looking for him and is friends with Robert Blake, the mystery man. Yeah um which who's now not quite as creepy in this half right but still which is weird interesting. he's still weird but he's not like he doesn't have like the white powder makeup anymore his eyes aren't quite mm-hmm. as wide anymore right i don't know why um i, I guess because like this this half is like more grounded or whatever and the first half is more surreal or whatever i don't know and then so basically a bunch of stuff happens and they have to flee they uh andy from the from the, um, Patricia Arquette with brown hair's friend is now back and oh yeah they, they end up they, they at his rob, house as a safe house or something like that and they try to rob him and then they kill him yeah and then uh people find out they're on the run now and they go to the flying burning cabin that we see earlier Robert for some Blake reason. Yeah. travels around in, it seems. Um, yeah. Travels through dimensions. Um, An important thing also is that the police are at the murder scene of this dude, and they're like, oh, wait a second. There's two Patricia Arquettes. What? Wait yeah, a second. Yeah. But like, one of them's dead. Hey, I know that, bitch. Yeah. Um, 
And then So now all of this is on Bill Pullman, who still isn't in the movie anymore. No. <laughs> so they go to the flying burning uh cabin. Which none of the police seem to care about, by the way. It doesn't seem to affect them at all. No. Well, right. So and then they go and Robert Blake is there instead of her friend and sh- they fuck in the light of the uh, car um, in a very fun scene <laughs> uh, to, I think, Song of the Siren, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's like, I want you so bad. I want you. And she's like, you'll never have me and then disappears. And then he's just left alone. Now he's back as um, now he's Bill, Bill Pullman, Pullman again. And he uh, is alone in the stark light and he's naked uh, now he's got just his pants on and then he robert blake is like i'm filming you now i know you hate the video cameras and he's like oh no and uh he's on the run again and then his head blows up no no no, no. he um uh, uh oh right no he goes back home no no no. first before any of this mr eddie shows up and um, oh yeah they have like a confrontation and he like pushes him over some shit like that and then like a hand just appears next to him to hand him <laughs> a dagger him a <laughs> and he like cuts mr eddie's throat mr eddie like stays alive for a while with a cut throat oh yeah uh they have a last little confrontation and then the mystery man shoots him and then bill pullman drives off and then he no, goes I, home I, yeah to say into the to the monitor uh uh dick laurent is dead dick laurent is dead to himself to himself in the past uh, and then he gets in the car because the police get there and he goes off on the run and then his head explodes. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah. I just want to say I did not like this movie. <laughs> so I just want to say specifically what this movie I, be- I believe is about. Uh-huh. Uh, David Lynch has been on the record that one of the main inspirations for this movie was the O.J. Simpson trial. Okay. And that the movie is about denial and what you think you are versus what you actually are. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a story about a guy who kills his wife. Yes. And the whole middle of the movie is him sort of retreating to this world where he is a different person that where that had a reason. And he can sort of justify to himself why this happened. Right. Um, and so it's a really dark movie. I think it's um, like I think if I was going to go in that direction, I would say it's like a it's a fantasy version of himself. Where not only does he have a reason, but he also is like a he's a sexual dynamo. He can get his yeah, dick exactly. hard. He can he you know his wife is blonde instead of brunette. Like it's all these like fantasy versions of things where like instead of being around all these pathetic fucking you know Hollywood LA hills trying to make a yeah like living in disgusting you know mansions and whatever like he's in a wholesome environment with parents who give a shit about him and 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 a job that like you know instead of like playing saxophone in the worst jazz band in the world he's like actually producing something he's fixing cars he's doing something that people need you know yeah exactly and i think i think that robert blake a lot you you can read a lot and i've read a lot more about this movie than i've seen i've seen it once mm-hmm. now <laughs> um and i've read a lot more about it you can see people sort of like wax crazy about like freudian shit about the id yeah, and the super ego. and i think it's very sort of on the nose like robert blake represents the truth mm-hmm. he represents like at once the media and like just like footage of what actually happened right um and so you've got this guy who's just like the villain and her horror of the movie just being like what actually happened. Um, and Bill Pull- Pullman constantly avoiding that. <laughs> and that's why he shoots uh, Mr. Eddie 
uh, slash um, Dick, Dick Laurent. Dick Laurent having two names because no, I don't know why. But whatever. I think he uh, is killed at the end of the movie. I think all the blue lights are like electrocution, mm-hmm. like he's being electrocuted to death, and it's sort of a uh, Owl Creek sort of situation where this is all like in his head as he dies. Right, is my guess. Um, and all that is good and well works well for me. I did not think this was David Lynch's best movie. I don't think it's his masterpiece. I think it's honestly less political mm-hmm. because I, I think David Lynch usually has a very interesting perspective on the American state and yeah. like the way that like our history affects our culture mm-hmm. and how television and the mass communication of the internet and movies affect that like culture and the and the lie we tell ourselves like that's his oeuvre but this is so personal like blue velvet is about that twin peak season three is about that literally covering like the atomic bomb and like you know the murder of massacre of millions of people and stuff Mm -hmm. um it's so wide and political usually and it's like metaphorically so and story-wise it's a single person this movie i felt was a little too personal like it was a little too like this is about like a psychological internal problem of like who you are and it felt like sort of shrinking it to me um the ideas in blue velvet and 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 twin peaks because it's sort of a similar story right like Twin Peaks is about like a town sort of ignoring the fact that there's people who murder their daughters right like directly under their noses and everyone sort of just like goes on with their lives and not like reckoning with why those things happen. Uh Blue Velvet is about a town that ignores that there's like th- this weird sex trade going on right under everyone's noses. This is just like a guy who has done terrible things, not recognize reckoning with the one thing he's done. Mm-hmm. And so it makes it smaller. And in that way, much more emotionally strange and tonally weird. Um, and I liked it. Uh, I just don't think it reaches the intellectual or emotional highs that some of his other work has. Yeah. I, I mean, listen, I, I generally don't uh, tend to like this type of thing. Sure. Uh, this is, you know, to put it in a, in a sort of an Austin Powers sort of way, this is not my bag, baby. <laughs> um, sort of Austin Powers. <laughs> uh, I think that generally speaking, I found, I think most of what I felt about this movie was boredom. I really, I thought it was very slow and very hard to remain focused on. Um, there were parts that I found very funny. There were parts that I found very creepy there are parts that I, I like a lot of what it looks like, but I think for yeah. the most part, I just was like, come on, <laughs> get fucking moving. Well, yeah, in a filmic sense, like this movie looks as good as he ever has. I mean, mm-hmm. like, honestly, I think if there is anything to this being his masterpiece, which again, it's not, it's Twin Peaks season three is his masterpiece. It's not a question. Um, <laughs> like it's ridiculous, but um, this movie looks incredible. I think, um it has this really beautiful palette that is like garish and not garish it's very like dark Mm -hmm. um and then has these like real bright spots of green and reds and yellows um very little blue in this movie yeah but um 
It's a really interesting color palette. It's very vibrant and specific looking. Um, and um, often kind of like nauseating. Like a lot yeah. of the time it felt like it's 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 intended to make you feel a little off. Uncomfortable. Um, and I think uh, I was, exp- I almost was worried that it was going to look too 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, it does look very 90s, but it do- it kind of offsets that by having so much of it feel even older yeah. that you're like, well, I guess it's just kind of like an old vibe. And when, when it goes back, when he switches into Pete, it seems like all of a sudden it's the 50s. Mm-hmm. Like the, the cells, I think, change types, like the big green doors they have now. Yeah, like yeah, they yeah. have the weird, and everyone looks like they're dressed even older. Um, where he's just like, oh, I'm just this innocent kid who like got swept up in this stuff, you know, like that's the whole idea of it. And it's all, it's all on the screen. Uh, it looks fantastic. I don't, there is no other David Lynch movie that has needle drops like this. I've seen all of them and I've never seen one where it's like, and then Smashing Pumpkins and then Marilyn Manson and Marilyn Manson's in the movie and Trent, you know, all of a sudden you're hearing perfect drug. And I don't know if I think it works. Uh, I think that if I didn't know all of these songs so intimately in such a very specific way, I think they might work. Like if it was the time, if it was 1997, maybe I'd be like, oh, sick. Yeah. Yeah. But I think for the fact that these are all like, 90s new metal nostalgia hits like it feels very weird because it's like the problem is that the vibe of this couldn't be less new metal that's, so that's exactly what i think it's, it's like i think at the time i would have thought of it as the same way that you'd feel now if somebody put like modern metal into a into a artsy movie you'd be like oh cool like, it's like dark you're whatever. it's dark and it's angry and it's violent and whatever and like you're you're adding this to it but now those songs are so inextricably tied to like specific vibes, right? It's either yeah. like hot topic goth or like frat boy sort of nineties culture, like all sorts of different vibes that are Mall not yeah. what we're watching in this movie. <laughs> yeah. It's like all of a sudden there's this tinge of invader Zim on it. Yeah. yeah and yeah. it's like, what? This is uh-huh. a very artsy movie. But I will say once again, hearing the Rammstein theme song was fantastic. Very funny. I love that song. Uh, <laughs> and in too. fact, it's not well, going love- to be the Seether song at the end of the episode. It's going to be the Rammstein <laughs> song. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. It's up to you. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, you weren't, even, you were thinking of Chevelle. Um, but uh, I don't, um, I don't know if I like that about this. It 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 dates it and puts it in this very specific place that I don't know if I believe. Even though it is specifically about the way the media ran with the O.J. Simpson trial and like sort of the way a culture dealt with this, I don't know if it works to put it so specifically in the '90s. Um. But uh, honestly, that's sort of neither here nor there because I I think the movie holds up generally mm-hmm. as a David Lynch movie, and I think it's one of his weirder ones. Um, personally, wasn't one of my favorites, but for my tastes and like this is very my bag, baby. Yeah. Um, you know, I still think this is one of the better movies I've seen. Like, it's crazy. Nothing like this exists outside of, like, David Lynch's work. Right. Um, And I would love to watch more movies like this. So even a sort of, I think, middling David Lynch movie is still one of the best movies I've ever seen. So, you know, I think it's 
probably better than it's probably better than Inland Empire. Mm-hmm. I I think I liked it more than Mulholland Drive. I have to rewatch Mulholland Drive, but uh, I think it's good. I think it's a. I mean, I would never say I don't recommend it. Um, if you ever have any interest in David Lynch, I liked it a lot. It's weird. I thought emotionally it was. I like I, one thing. I think what I really love about David Lynch is that there is no one else who's making me feel creepy and like a little scared and laughing at the same time, mm-hmm. or like really thinking about thinking so intently about the kinds of things he wants you to think about at the, you know, with, yeah. with all this emotional layers on it. I just, I hit, it's so unique and specific that I don't know how, I don't know anybody else who does it. So, well, I'm going to say that, uh, unfortunately this movie is not a Swedish penis and larger pump. <laughs> I do not recommend it. <laughs> all right. Uh, we should watch a, we should watch a twi- uh, David Lynch movie one day that you are interested in a good one. Well, I think this is a great one. Uh, I'd say this is a great movie. It's mm. incredible. Um, if if it hasn't been clear, I think it's great. <laughs> um, <laughs> even it is so strange though. Like it's probably this in not a like, oh, I'm being David Lynch strange. Just in like a weird David Lynch. It's yeah. weird for him. It's weird. It's a weird ass movie. It's very inaccessible. I would say. Yeah. Um, uh, they don't get more accessible after this. <laughs> uh, they get great. They get less, actually, except for Twin Peaks, which stays. You think Twin Peaks is the most accessible work he does, or I mean, like he's got like Dune and like sure, uh, like Elephant Man oh, and I shit. Mean, I mean, like... chronologically. Oh, after oh, this, yeah, uh, yeah, like Elephant Man is a very watchable movie. Yeah, it's great. Uh, Blue Velvet, I think, is pretty watchable. Um, Dune is you know he's got a lot of problems with it and i like it's sort of hard to c- consider it in like his proper like his movies right so but yes that's a movie you can watch uh but after after twin Peaks season one it's all stranger like firewalk with me the twin peaks movie mm-hmm. which you must watch if you haven't seen if you haven't if you're gonna watch twi- uh season three um is just this level of crazy and worse um uh so yeah we will disagree on this one yep i wasn't expecting i i don't know i i I didn't know what you would think about this one because i didn't haven't seen it right so uh interesting interesting all right thanks for listening to generation loss this has been the show. If you'd like to hear more of our show, you can go to patreon.com slash generation loss and get bonus episodes where we talk about the movie news. We talk about uh, pilots that Jeremy has written and had stolen from him <laughs> by evil people. Uh, we talk about other movies sometimes. We, we talk do. about other people who've wronged me. <laughs> yeah. And we hex them on air. Uh, yeah. And so we, and then you can also get in the Discord where we'll hang out with you, and you can also watch the movie we're going to talk about on the next episode. That's right. That is correct. Uh, otherwise, follow us on Twitter at GenLostPod, and you can follow us individually from there. And as we say every week here on the Generation Lost Podcast, that's movies. That's movies. <laughs> Rum.